Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Matthew. Hey, good morning, guys. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thank you for tuning in this morning, for hanging out with me and uh, grabbing that cup of coffee with me and discussing the Bible. We are going to be talking about the very, very last portion of Matthew chapter 28. And after this, we are done with Matthew, which is kind of bittersweet. I mean, I really am excited to move on to Mark and another book of the Bible, but it's also kind of sad that we're done with Matthew a little bit because I really liked this um, this book of the Bible. So um, I'm a little sad about it, but also kind of excited. So let's just go ahead and read it. Um, I'm going to be reading Matthew chapter 28 verses 11 through 20 out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. But please read out of whatever version you prefer to read out of. Like I said before, grab that cup of coffee and let's go ahead and read. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guards came into the city and told the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave a large amount of silver to the soldiers, saying, Say that his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and make you free of worry. So they took the money and did as they were told. This saying was spread abroad among the Jews and continues until today. But the eleven disciples went into Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had sent them. When they saw him, they bowed down to him, but some doubted. Jesus came to them and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I commanded you. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Matthew basically, once again, does not give a lot of details about Jesus's resurrection like some of the other books of the Bible do. And and that's pretty interesting because Matthew, you can tell this was written by one man because his writing style is very, very consistent through the entire book. Just as when we move on to Luke um, in in a couple books, Luke also has a very specific writing style which in my opinion is my favorite of all of the gospels. I love the way Luke writes in particular. I just love it. And uh, Luke has a very consistent writing style as does uh, Matthew here. And Matthew is very big about just getting to what Jesus is saying. I mean, Matthew has some of the the most, um, the biggest sermons that Jesus spoke in depth. He has the Sermon on the Mount and then he has like three chapters of of Jesus talking about, or maybe it was two chapters of Jesus talking about when he's going to come back again, basically. So Matthew places great importance more on what Jesus is saying, but not necessarily uh, the situation surrounding what Jesus is doing, kind of. So once again, right here, we don't have a lot of context as to what is happening, but basically it mentions in verse 11, Matthew says, that uh, some of the guards came into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. Okay, so you remember, I'm going to do a quick recap. 
that Jesus resurrected from the dead. There was an angel that came down from heaven and created this earthquake that shook the tombs and uh, the stone got rolled away from the tomb. And this angel was so scary looking, so supernatural that the guards fainted because when they saw this angel, you know, he was dressed in complete bright white and his face was shining basically with God's glory. And so the guards who, was, who were seasoned guards were ready for anything. They saw this angel and all of them, however many there were, fainted practically dead. Now, of course, they weren't dead because they're going into the city. It's just an analogy that they were so scared that they just fainted and they were like dead practically. So they go into the city and they tell the chief priests everything that had happened because they were actually employed by the chief priests. These were temple guards, Roman temple guards that were assigned to the temple. And now the Pharisees assigned them to the tomb to say that, um, you know, the, they had to guard the tomb so that the disciples didn't come and steal the body away, basically. So, of course, the disciples weren't going to do that because everything that is uh, coming up to this chapter is mentioning how fearful these disciples were. They weren't going anywhere near Jesus's body. <laughs> they weren't planning on doing any of that. They just wanted to preserve their lives pretty much and they all ran. So everything that Matthew mentions is saying that the disciples had literally no intention of stealing Jesus's body. They were too frightened to do something like that. But one way or the other, the Pharisees wanted to be the Pharisees and they decided to put the guards on the tomb. So now this happens. Jesus obviously is resurrected without any help from anybody other than God, of course. And so Jesus basically just walks right out of the tomb, <laughs> completely resurrected. The guards are lying on the ground. Jesus is out of the tomb and he meets the women and tells the women to go tell the disciples about him being resurrected. And he says he's going to meet the disciples in Galilee. One thing Matthew does not mention is the fact that uh, Jesus stayed on the earth for like 40 days or something um, after he was resurrected. Matthew does not mention that. It almost seems like he goes straight from the tomb to Galilee and then just leaves and goes back up into heaven. But Matthew doesn't even mention the fact that Jesus gets ascended into heaven. We find that out later on. But in the meantime, the guards wake up and they're like, oh, crap. Jesus is gone. And so uh, they go into the city to tell the Pharisees everything that had happened because they remember, they remember this angel coming from the sky. They remember the, the stone getting rolled away. Maybe they saw Jesus walk out of the grave. Maybe, um, who knows, but they saw all this stuff. They knew exactly what happened. They go to the chief priest and they tell them the entire story <clears throat> that Jesus was resurrected from the dead supernaturally. The chief priests gather together <clears throat> with all the elders and it says that they decided to give a huge amount of money to the soldiers and told the soldiers to say that Jesus' disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. The chief priests are asking the soldiers to lie and they pay them to lie. So this is just showing the heart of these Pharisees pretty much. They heard the story. They knew Jesus was resurrected. They obviously believed it because they wouldn't have paid off these guards if they didn't believe it. But they were so against Jesus being the Messiah, even though they knew he was by this point, that they were willing to lie about it so that they didn't look like fools, basically. Because they didn't want to look foolish. Of course they didn't. So they pay off these guards to keep their mouths shut and to lie about this. So... And it says, Matthew actually mentions that the Jews believe this story to this day. 
And it's kind of funny because um, it could be until Matthew's Day, but there is still some circulation going around that either Jesus did not exist or that he never got resurrected and the disciples stole away the body. That is, that's literally still claimed to this day, as odd as that is. And, and it's funny because there is a lot of history <clears throat> about Jesus existing. In fact, my husband, one of his history classes, the guy, he, his history professor was actually a um, atheist. But even he said there is so much history on Jesus that he definitely did exist. And so, yes, there is a lot of history on Jesus and on his resurrection. There's a ton of it. And you can you can go back and look at all this stuff. And, you know, if we can believe that somebody like Plato existed or uh, Napoleon or, you know, everybody else who is in our history books, and we can believe that these people existed, but people want to shut up the fact that Jesus existed, that says something, you know, <laughs> that kind of says something. But anyway, going back to the book of Matthew, uh, the soldiers were paid to tell a lie. But in order to believe this lie, you have to understand a few things. Firstly, if the soldiers were asleep, how would they know who came and stole Jesus's body away? They were asleep. How could they have stayed asleep for that long <laughs> hearing this stone roll away that needed several men to roll it away? If there were three guards, two or three or four, or what, how many, however many guards were on duty, how could they all be asleep at the same time? And also, sleeping on the job for a, for a Roman guard was actually punishable by death, so they weren't going to sleep on the job. <laughs> and they would have all had to been asleep at the same time. So honestly, this, this uh, story makes very, very little sense, if you really think about it. This story makes no sense whatsoever. And Matthew is kind of claiming that, you know, like it, it makes no sense, but the people believe this because that is what the story that went around. That's the story that the guards spread. And so basically that is why the Pharisees tell the guards that if the, they, the governor finds out that you guys are sleeping on the job, we will appease him and nothing will happen to you. And so um, that is kind of what happens. There is no uh, evidence that the guards got in trouble for sleeping on the job, but they did take the money and they did uh, choose to spread that lie. So it says after this that the 11 disciples went into Galilee, because obviously the 12th disciple killed himself. Judas Iscariot was no longer there. And uh, they went to go see Jesus. Now, this was at the end of Jesus's time on the earth after he was resurrected. And he's going up into heaven. He's about to descend into heaven. And so it says that when they saw him, they bowed down to him and worshiped him. But some of them doubted. A couple of the disciples did doubt Jesus. They doubted who he was. And so this kind of proves here a little bit that the disciples weren't really hallucinating because some saw him and did not doubt and others did doubt when they saw him. So how can you doubt a hallucination? <laughs> but anyway, so the disciples are doubting him. Some of them are, but that's kind of all that Matthew mentions. So it says after this that Jesus was speaking to them, and this is where he gives the Great Commission, is what Christians call it, the Great Commission, which is to go out into the world and to preach the gospel to every single person and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the break from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. Because, actually, we're going to read a passage of Scripture tomorrow that talks about the Old Covenant. 
and uh, in Exodus and how God wanted people to celebrate the Passover. He wanted them to be circumcised in order to celebrate that Passover. That was the old covenant. So Jesus is not saying here to the disciples to go out and to circumcise everybody. No, he's saying to go and baptize them. This is the break from the old covenant to the new covenant. Circumcision was no longer necessary at this point because that was the old covenant. This is the new covenant. Jesus is the new covenant, being baptized and stuff like that. So Jesus is telling the disciples to go out and to baptize the nations and not to circumcise them. <laughs> this is, uh, he's saying, don't spread Judaism, spread Christianity. This is the goal. And it's the goal is to bring more followers, obviously, into God's kingdom. And that is why I say, at the, pod, at the end of the podcast episode, sometimes I say, you know, share this and spread the message because if you do, you know, that is accomplishing a part of the Great Commission. So, yes, friends and faithful listeners, if you liked this episode, <laughs> please write a review and subscribe because that does help more people to find the P40 Ministries podcast and also share it on your social media platforms because that is part of the Great Commission is to spread the word. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I hope you guys loved the book of Matthew. I thought it was really great. I loved uh, learning all of these different things. And I learned a lot actually going through the uh, book of Matthew. And I think it's been really, really great and very beneficial to me personally just to be able to read this and research it and go back in history and look at some of the different things from Rome and Greece and um, whatever else. But but guys, I hope you join me for um, an episode out of Mark. We're going to be discussing Mark on Tuesday. So definitely join me then for the first chapter of Mark. And we'll discuss some of the similarities between Matthew and Mark and some of the differences. And just some of the stuff that Mark has to say that Matthew didn't mention. And just all sorts of really cool stuff. But friends, I have nothing else to say except happy listening and God bless. Thank you.